32 years ago today, as we record, uh, on Christmas Eve 1988, my wife Dee and I saw the Broadway production of Our Town with Spalding Gray and Penelope Ann Miller, and it was a lovely way to spend the day before the holiday in New York. Um, now, our friend Howard Sherman has written Another Day's Begun, a chronicle of various other productions of Thornton Wilder's seminal work, Our Town. And um, and I just have to ask Howard, what was it that brought you to this play, writing about this play right now? The non-romantic answer is an editor asked me if I'd ever thought about writing a book and I started thinking about ideas. I would say that that so that's the unromantic version the the more romantic version and still true is i think the kernel of it came from two productions which i saw in relative proximity i saw david cromer's production here in new york twice once with david playing the stage manager and one with michael mckeon as the stage manager and then a couple of years later two or three years later i saw a production at um uh, sing sing a correctional facility, a maximum security facility north of New York City, directed by our friend Kate Powers. And um, I was knocked out by it, as I had been by the Cromer production, in two radically different productions in different circumstances. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, now in its 15th year, number 737, Another Day's Begun. To give our old friend Howard Sherman's new book its official title, it is Another Day's Begun, Thornton Wilder's Our Town in the 21st Century. It's a fantastic oral history of some of the distinctive productions of Our Town from the last 20 years, and a great reminder of not only the power of this play, but the power of gathering together in a theater and watching and performing stories. Howard began our conversation by explaining the differences between the two productions of Our Town that inspired his new book. One professional off-Broadway production, not with stars, but, you know, really capable actors, a number of whom had come from Chicago. Um, And then seeing what was, I'd like to say, a community theater production but within a very defined community, namely the population of Sing Sing. And that the play could impact me so, uh, could move me so in each circumstance, suggested to me that yes, our town has been our town since 1938 when it premiered, but that in recent years there must have been different ways of looking at it and different perspectives on it. And how could I get at what some of those have been? That's really fascinating because I don't, 
I don't feel like I have the fondness for this play that many theater people do. And you talk about this in your introduction about how it, about its um, its reputation. Um, and you make a really interesting point, which is that people think that Our Town is a great, one of the greatest plays ever written, but that Thornton Wilder is not necessarily one of the greatest playwrights to have ever written. Is How, how did you become aware of this? What does that mean to you? Well, first of all, it's, it's I just want to sl- frame it slightly differently. I think there's always been an acknowledgement of the play. I think that it's not that people don't think he's a great playwright, but he's not the he's not top of mind for people simply because his the number of full length works for the stage that were or pieces that he wrote, you know, really only two of them were original because even The Matchmaker was an adaptation of a European play. Um, and of course, more people know the matchmaker as Hello Dolly than they do from having seen the matchmaker. There were there were more novels by by Wilder, and even though his two original plays both won the Pulitzer, he also had a Pulitzer for the novel for a novel which had come before the plays. So I think it's just a case of the play looms large, but it's not. We don't think of of. Wilder in the same way that we think of an Arthur Miller, because there's a numbers of great plays that that people acknowledge, and and in their day, they were coming quickly, and they were they just built up to a celebration. The Wilder's two great plays were 1938 and 1942. I think my wife was more moved by the Broadway production we saw on Christmas Eve, 1988, than I was. And in reading your book, which is a series of oral histories from different productions from sort of the last 20 years, um, I I began to think that I would have enjoyed the David Cromer production and the Sing Sing production. Something about a smaller space. it's It's a tale told by a community of actors to a community of audience in a small, community, not a big Broadway house. Is that a feeling that you had reading or watching? I really couldn't bring into it what the audience thought of these productions. I was really focused on, as I put it colloquially, what is it like, what was it like to live in Grover's Corners for a time? It's about the director, the actors, designers, um, uh, what have you. Um, I only know of the impact on the audience from some stories that people who were in the show told me about their interactions with the audience. I think people respond to our town in different ways, not only because of the production they see but what is happening or has happened in their life. I also say in the book that I remember what I believe was the first time I ever saw the play, also in 1988, which was the 50th anniversary of of Our Town. There were a lot of Our Town productions that year. Um, I didn't come away from that first production thinking my God, this is now one of my favorite plays. I'm not even sure that when I started this project, I thought Our Town was one of my favorite plays. I can tell you it is now. And of course, if you have to go in a direction of changing your opinion of something when you're writing a book about it, it's much better to like it more when you get to the end than 
to keep working on it and saying, I don't ever want to deal with this again. I will see our town at any opportunity for the rest of my life, I imagine. That's an excellent pro tip for you writers out there. <laughs> Fall more in love with the thing you're writing about. Well, what happened was I had a hundred plus people who were guides to the play for me. And there are things that I think about the play now that are my own thoughts, not from anything anyone said to me, but so much was pointed out to me. It is, it is a truly deceptively simple play because there's so much in the little details, not that an audience needs to necessarily know every time they see it, but it really goes into the making of the show and, and how it plays and what's in those characters. It was fascinating uh, reading in your book about the directors, uh, just um, reminiscences from the directors and artists and actors who have worked on the play. And one that sticks out with me is, and I can't even remember which production it was, maybe you do. The actor playing Dr. Gibbs has made the choice in his mind that, in his mind, there's something about Mrs. Gibbs's health that he knows about that, that that's the reason why he won't take her to Europe. It's for it's paternalistic, you know, and et cetera. But it's it's not out of malice. It's a, it's a way of protecting her, and that's not in the script. That's just one actor's uh, uh, motivation to play his role. And I just thought it was fascinating, and love how the play allows for that kind of thing. Sure, and and I'm not going to take a stab at who it was that said that, even though I remember the anecdote. I don't want to get it wrong. But what he talked about was um, that he felt that the character would seem too cruel. And, and certainly a number of the women who've been in the play talk about how they dealt with what are archaic patriarchal representations of a marriage and how do you play that now for a modern audience as a modern person. So in a way, the actor who played Dr. Gibbs in that production felt the same thing, that he couldn't play that role as someone cruel. So he took little pieces that we knew that he only liked to go as far as visiting Pennsylvania from, from New Hampshire, but not an ocean voyage, and that he was doing it for her own good, but without making it sound like she was keeping them from doing something. Yeah. That, uh, that's what I say about there's, there's so many little things that you can pick up on in the play. And there are, he, and I will say there are much more explicit things that, um, that Wilder drops as hints that both help and in some cases create even more of a puzzle as to as to how you might think of these characters in the story. Hi, I'm Kate Powers, founder and star baker at the Redeeming Time Project, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast.
Where can you RSC the RSC? Right now, the only place to see the remote Shakespeare Company is online. We've created a brand new page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, and a playlist on our YouTube page, where right this second you can watch us perform many of our epic abridgments from the comfort of your own shelter. You can also grab your own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. And now back to my conversation with Howard Sherman, talking about his new book, Another Day's Begun, Thornton Wilder's Our Town in the 21st Century, and about what motivated Thornton Wilder to write Our Town in the first place. One of the beauties of the play is its simplicity and its theatricality. And he taught in the in the edition that came out in the fifties. I think is the copy I have from the fire the Fireside Book Club edition. Mm-hmm. He talks about how the theater he was seeing in his time, I guess, which I imagine to be the twenties and the nineteen thirties, was n- not satisfying to him, and it felt like it felt like writing this play was more truthful and satisfying to him in a way which I interpret rightly or wrongly to be a celebration of theatricality of of embracing the medium that we're writing for um does that does that what what do you think well I think it's true but what he also acknowledged was that he was drawing on earlier traditions Greek theater and Japanese and Asian theater where a bare stage was simply how it was done it wasn't a statement not to have all the scenery. You just didn't need it. You could focus on the story. One of the more interesting things that you can only infer what its influence was on the play is remembering when this play was written. The play premiered in 1938. It was predominantly written during 1937. Wilder did a lot of the writing while in Switzerland. That means he was in Europe during the rise of the Nazi party. He he could not have been unaware of the political situation that was growing near where he was. People in America weren't as aware of it yet in most cases, but he had to have known. So why in the face of this ever increasing horror, would he write seemingly at least for the first two acts, such an exceptionally simple story about a very small town in New Hampshire. And starting to look at the play through that framework is is utterly fascinating. As Gregory Mosier says in, in the introduction to the book, he feels that World War II was framed by two plays, Our Town Before the War and Waiting for Godot, after the war. And isn't that an interesting way of looking at dramatic literature and looking at perhaps these two plays are in conversation with each other because our town was so widely produced that it's it's pretty likely that Samuel Beckett knew about it. And in fact, I believe I recall that they had some correspondence. They were not unknown to each other. So so there's a lot more than meets the eye in our town. And, and that's why I say I like it so much more because I have to admit, after I got the book contract, the first time I sat down and said, well, I better read it again. And my first reaction was, what have I done? It's so simple. 
how am I going to get a book out of this? And obviously, as I went deeper, I, I was able to do so. But the other thing that emerged as I worked on the book was that each production had its own story to tell in almost every case. And that story wasn't necessarily about our town itself, or it was in some way prompted into being by our town. What did it mean to the people to be doing it at that time? Because if every chapter had turned out to be people just saying, well, it's about realizing life while we live it, it would have been a very boring book. Yeah, I was just thinking that as you talked about it, it is a, there are, if he's writing in the, in the shadow of the pending World War II, he drops in some sort of devastating facts and thoughts and feelings about the devastation of World War One and the Civil War and the Civil War exactly and 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 so it, and so I was seeing the play as a celebration of of theater but of course it is a celebration of life too and a celebration of noticing the noticing <laughs> the moments in life that are important um, and maybe let's not go to war and kill all those off. And it's about the march of modernity and about the outside world moving in on quote unquote traditional life. And the fact that there is no such thing as traditional life. Life is always moving forward. This, this goes back to the, the rap on the play that people think it's this postcard to the past. And yes, it is set in the past. It was premiered in 1938. It was set at the beginning of the 20th century, but it was only set 30 years earlier. It wasn't exactly about ancient times. What's built up on the play as we have gone further and further from the early 1900s is the idea that it's this postcard, but it's not meant to be. It's meant to simply be about things that happened earlier. It's only when he wrote it and that he did specify certain dates as signposts that that it is slightly fixed in time in a way that some productions now simply don't spend a lot of time focusing on and don't emphasize. Are you able to identify and point to some of the play's um, uh, descendants? I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that uh, that that you said it's a throwback to Greek traditions, et cetera, but it, it also feels like it's very much in common with what we do with the Reduce Shakespeare Company, which is a lot of breaking of the fourth wall, a lot of telling the audience what they're seeing or what they just saw, a lot of acknowledgement of the fact that both performer and audience are in this to this evening's event together and we can only make it happen with each other. I think there are countless descendants, some of which are explicit, and many of which are probably just, they've absorbed it no differently than Wilder as a classicist, absorbed so much other literature and drama in, in his own studies. There are overt ones, which I list in the book, which are for the most part fairly recent plays that are either parodies of our town, homages to our town, plays which mimic the structure and framework our of our town, but to tell different stories. It's, it's interesting to me, there are several 
plays in the past 20 to 30 years that have reframed our town, um, not by simply taking the original script. They've written a new script that you, you know is referencing our town without, without destroying the copyright or impinging on the copyright. It's interesting that our town has been used to talk about the deaths of young people from gun violence. Um, that nowadays in some communities, the danger of someone passing in childbirth is perhaps less common in our experience than it was in the early 1900s and maybe even into the 1930s. So, so now what is it when a young person is taken from us unexpectedly? We may have a different cause. We may have different feelings about solutions, um, but, but it is a modern equivalent for pain. And I even had one of the youngest people I spoke to for the book was speaking to me, he was 13 years old, and he was speaking to me on the first anniversary of the suicide of his best friend. I mean, people told me stories like that and I didn't even know how to go on with the interview. I mean, I had to, but, but that's what this play evokes. That's what it brings up. And I allow, of course, everyone to have their opinion about any work of art. It's entirely subjective. I just think that if people are truly willing to engage with where this play goes in the third act, it's difficult, I would think, not to have some appreciation for it. But I will also say, and this goes back to what you were talking about, about your reaction and Dee's reaction. We saw it in 1988. I think it's a play that lands differently, depending on how old you are. Um, I, starting this project, sort of thought maybe it wasn't a play for young people. They wouldn't get it all. But I learned quickly how much mortality there is for young people. It hadn't affected me as a young person, but, but clearly, clearly it's ever present. But as someone, once I got into my, my 40s, and saw the play. Wow. I mean, totally different perspective because I was so much further into my life and appreciating or not appreciating where my life had gone, the people who had been part of my life and who I lost, and people who became part of my life and who may someday mourn me. Um, that's all in our town. And it's, it's, pretty extraordinary. And that's what, as I say, I, I think I can keep seeing it. And frankly, if I had the time, I'd keep having these conversations with, with casts of the show because everyone I spoke to always surprised me with something. 
That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Comedy Podcast. Another Day's Begun, Thornton Wilder's Our Town in the 21st Century, comes out this Thursday, January 28th, 2021, and is available everywhere you get fine books, and even where you get terrible ones. Send us your town via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSE Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, and you can follow Howard on Twitter and Instagram at H.E. Sherman. Thanks, as always, to town drunk Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, and music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Callum Kerr. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Kate Powers, founder of the Redeeming Time Project, director of the Sing Sing production of Our Town through her work with Rehabilitation Through the Arts, and in keeping with my earlier Christmas theme, very much one of the founders of this particular feast. For more information about Kate's work with incarcerated populations, go to redeeming-time.org. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe, stay home, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 737 2211ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. You, you have now uh, reminded me why I'm so glad we're recording this conversation on Christmas Eve of 2020, because 32 years ago I saw the Broadway production of Our Town, but five years ago, on Christmas Eve, my father died. So it seems like the perfect time to be thinking of this play. When I saw the Sing Sing production, it was about a year after my dad had passed, and I was pretty wrecked by the Sing Sing production. I think there were a number of elements, but I do think the things that happen in our life, they affect everything and how we perceive the world. But because our town literally talks to the audience and asks the audience to think about things bluntly. It's not it's not just the idea that we hope you'll think, you know, the author hoped this would bring up this or that. There's a character saying, what do you think? What is your experience? The phrase, what do you think, folks, comes up several times in the play. So, so that our town will, will, always be interrogating the people who see it and our responses will absolutely reflect what has happened in our life whether it's the first time we see the play or the tenth time we see the play because if any time has passed it will change and in the case of that production at Sing Sing there's no question my response was also based on the fact that I had never been inside a maximum security prison before. And it forced me to think about the lives of these men putting on this play in that place. And, and it really, it's seven years ago now that I saw it and it's profoundly changed how I think about social justice and the criminal justice system, because I've spoken to these men and some of the men who I spoke with served long sentences, 20, 30 years. Um, and they had an appreciation and understanding of the play, of what their life has been and what their life 
still held for them because these are all men who who are returning to the world now three out of the five men that i interviewed are are no longer in prison and the other two were uh will be getting out the next year or two so it's our town brought me back and and i think we will always project onto our town precisely because wilder didn't want us to focus on the periphery, the scenery, the, all of that. He just wanted us to take in that story and we fill in the blanks. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company, reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. So much less. So much less. So much less.